as dancers really have to begin to start getting real with ourselves. Like, are we desiring this because somebody else wants it or somebody else is doing it? Are we desiring it because somebody else has that body and you have a different body? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curious Dancer podcast. This week I am joined by Taylor Berenger for a conversation on body acceptance and self-love. We touched on a lot of topics that are super important for all of us dancers to hear, so I really hope this episode resonates with you, and if you enjoy it or if you've been enjoying the podcast, please make sure to go rate us on us as if this is like a whole team. It's just me, Kayleen. I'm the only one here, but if you could rate the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, that would be lovely, but why don't we just go ahead and get into the episode? Thanks for joining me. Um, I'm really excited to have this conversation. I feel like this is a really good topic for my audience because I've gotten a lot of feedback through like DMs and whenever I post things on my story, like polls, people really seem to resonate with this topic. And so why don't we start by you can just introduce yourself and let us know kind of how you've gotten into this work. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, whenever I get the chance to have this conversation around body acceptance and all of the things, I I just feel very grateful because it's not talked about enough and it needs to be. Um, So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Uh, Yeah, so my name is Taylor Berenger. Um, I'm a lifelong dancer. I've danced my whole life, um, which hasn't technically been that long. Um, I'm only 23. (laughs) When I say whole life, I feel like people are like, whole life, wow, it's so long. But um, I'm young. I am also a mom, so I am a young mom. Um, And I am a healer in the dance industry and also a breathwork facilitator as well. Um, So what I do is I work with professional female identified dancers, helping them heal their relationships with their bodies. Um, So really diving into body image issues, um, eating disorders, dancers who have faced abuse around their bodies in the dance industry or out of the dance industry, um, helping them come back home into their bodies, heal their relationships with themselves um, and feel at peace with their bodies, feel acceptance in their bodies to pursue their dance careers from. Um, yeah, so that's me. (laughs) That's what I do. What got you interested in this topic in particular? Like, talk a little bit about that. Like I said, I danced my whole entire life. Um, I was that three-year-old, you know, in the little tots class. That's how I started. And then ever since then, it's the the thing that I've pursued. It was my, my life's goal to be a dancer. Um, through that training, through through my childhood, through my teenage years, I didn't realize it at the time, but I started to really develop these body image issues and this um, distorted relationship with my body. Um, it came out in many different ways. There were many different outcomes to that experience for me. And I like to say that because body image issues and um, insecurities, relationship with your body can really manifest in so many different ways in your life and not just in dance. Um, so I was going through my training. I made it to 18 years old um, and then I got pregnant. And my, li- my, my life's goal is to be a dancer. That's, that's what I worked on you know, that's, that was my plan. I did not have a plan B. And I had my son at 19 and my whole life shifted. I went from, okay, I'm going to be a dancer to, wow, I'm sitting on a chair rocking my son and I can't really move because I just had a baby. 
And from that point, it was like I got slapped in the face, realizing, wow, I feel really insecure right now. I feel really worthless right now because I can't go move my body. I can't go take a bunch of classes. Like I can't go audition. I can't go work out. I was really quote unquote stuck. Yeah. And so within that process, I just realized that my identity was really wrapped around being a dancer and being a dancer for me at the time meant perfectionism. It meant um, how my body looked. It meant how people perceived me as a dancer. Um, and because I was uh, in this position where my, my body completely changed after having a baby, my life completely changed after having a baby, I, uh, everything got flipped upside down and I started to just realize that I had to do something, something, something had to shift because I, ha I couldn't keep living like this anymore. Um, when a, a big life change happens like that, it kind of just, um, it, it puts all of your insecurities and it puts all of your um, truths like right in your face and you're like, oh, <laughs> actually there are things happening right now. Like I'm not supposed to feel like I'm in the struggle all, the, all of the time. Before having my son, I thought it was normal to struggle with your body. You know, I thought it was normal to um, never feel good enough. I thought that was just like dancer life. Um, but as I, as I started to have these realizations after I had my son, I started to dive into my own healing work. Um, I started to get certified in different healing modalities uh, for the sake of I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to help people. I didn't know I was going to continue to um, work in the dance industry by doing this work at the time, but I knew I wanted to help people and I knew I needed to heal my relationship with myself. Um, and as I was diving into all of these different healing modalities, I started asking, why aren't these things in the dance industry? Why aren't they being taught? Because it completely changed my life. The tools that I share and um, the work that I teach and embody, it has completely changed my life. 100%. Um, and so I just started asking, like, why aren't these tools here? Like, why aren't dancers being taught this stuff? Um, why is there so much suffering in the dance industry? And the truth is, like, a lot of dancers don't really know how much they're suffering <laughs> because we're so stuck in survival mode all of the time. Um, yeah, and so ever ever since then, I've been really working on bringing this healing work into the dance industry, and really my my goal is to heal the whole dance industry so that all dancers feel safe to show up in the bodies that they have. But my specific focus is on helping women identify dancers show up in the bodies that they're in because there is so much um, there there is so much perfectionism and just like masks that we always feel like we have to put on in order to be women in the dance industry. Um, and I feel like when we shift that and when women can start showing up in the dance industry from a place of truth and um, sovereignty and um, what word am I looking for? <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It left my brain. Uh, vulnerability. That's what the word is. From a place of vulnerability, you know, of like, this is my human body and this is enough. I don't have to fix it. I don't have to fix myself to be a dancer. Um, things will really start shifting in the dance industry. I love that. I love that. I kind of want to talk more about um, you brought up how like your identity was really 
kind of intertwined with being a dancer because it's what you'd done your whole life. And then suddenly you had this big shift and it's like, I really relate. I tore my ACL when I was a senior in college and like, I'm the same way dancing since I was a little kid. And I feel like I had those exact same thoughts. Like, who am I when I can't dance? Like, that's going to be nine months of my life that I'm going to have to just sit out. I don't know what, who I really am. So what for you, like, how did you work through that? Yeah, yeah. Um, And thank you for like bringing up your own situation because I know like when I talk about having a baby, not many, not all dancers can really relate to that, but many of us have experiences where we're like, oh, who am I without dance? So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I feel like what really shifted for me um, and my journey with like disconnecting my identity to that dancer identity is reconnecting it to back into myself back into my soul and it's disconnecting the the fact that okay I have a human body but this is not all of me my human exterior body is not all of me I have so many different parts of me I have my heart I have my love I have my passion right? That is for dance, but it's also for many other things. I'm multifaceted. And so is every other human being. Dancers kind of tend to forget that we're multifaceted human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really, yeah, connecting into, into the truth that we are souls and we have all of these different elements about us and we're, we're not just our physical bodies. And obviously there's work that goes into that and we can definitely talk about that. Um, and then when we can detach from, from that physical body, we can start dancing from a place of, oh, it's just safe for me to be human. It's safe for my body, my physical body to be here because I know that my worth is innate. It's who I am. Okay. And I'm sure it's a lot. There's probably so much you could talk about, but if someone feels this way and they're looking to start not just identifying themselves as a dancer with their body, like walk me through kind of a process they can take or the first steps they can take to becoming more of like what you were just saying, like knowing that dance can just be a safe space. It doesn't always have to be about your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say my first question is, is what is your relationship to yourself? What is your relationship to yourself? And so it's really getting clear on committing to choosing you, to choosing your relationship with your body. And sometimes that means choosing your relationship with your body in situations and dance spaces that sometimes go against that. And it's really getting clear. And I don't like the word ruthless, but I'm going to use it. I always say stuff like that. I don't like this word, but I'm going to use it because like no words come to my brain. Yeah. Um, it's like getting ruthless with like, I choose my body. Like I choose myself. And again, there's a process to that. And that process is different for every single person. That's why I'm not being really clear on that process because mm-hmm. it's different for every single person because guess what? We have lived experiences we have different traumas, right? We have collective traumas. We have um, different belief systems. We've all grown up different ways. We have different um, generational trauma. All of these different aspects, these different qualities, these different experiences that have happened in our lives that um, really 
paint the picture to our relationship with our bodies. And yes, dance plays a huge part in that. And your, your experience in the dance world plays a huge part in that. But also we have to take into account of all of the other, all of the other situations and experiences and beliefs that have happened. Um, and so the work is, is, okay, what is my, what is my current relationship to myself right now? Do I feel disconnected from myself? Do I feel disconnected from my body? And by that, I mean, do I feel safe to feel my emotions? Do I feel safe to be in my body when it's not perfect? You know? Um, and if the answer is no or not yet, right? It's doing the work. It's identifying the why and the how um, to, to get to that point of acceptance. Like, why do I not feel this way? What experiences have I had that have created this belief inside of me? And it's healing that from the bottom up, healing that from the, the emotions and the sensations in your body. Yeah. You know, that just like something clicked in my mind there that I hadn't thought of before, because I know obviously that like all of us have different experiences. We grow up in different households, have different friends, families, and some of us started dancing when we were super little. Some of us started when we were older. So, of course, we are going to see our bodies and have, I guess, issues based on those things. But one thing I was thinking about is, like, I've gotten messages from dancers who they're like, I don't understand why I can't be confident in my body. Like, this girl next to me, she has the same body type as me. We look the same. She's so confident. She tells me that she doesn't have any insecurities, blah, blah, So how come for me it's so hard? And it just clicked to me. It's like, well, maybe she didn't have some of the like traumatic experiences that you had. Maybe she grew up in a super encouraging household that made it clear that you can just accept your body as it is. And so I don't know. I just wanted to like talk about that for a second because I think it's easy to look at other people and be like, oh, they're so confident. And it's like, well, they had a completely different life than you. Maybe that's why. (laughs) Yeah. And also I'd like to bring up that insecurities show themselves in many different ways. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that dancer that looks so confident and claims that they don't have any insecurities, that could be an insecurity showing up. So some of us show our insecurities by hiding because we don't feel safe to take up space. Some of us show our insecurities by taking up all of the space and by trying to prove ourselves all of the time, right? So the, the, the different ways that we show up in our insecurities and expressing our insecurities is defined by the way that we've been raised, the experiences that we've had, et cetera. And not saying that that person um, <laughs> had an, an, an insecurities, right? Maybe they did do healing work. Maybe they, they do feel safe in their body and that's amazing and awesome, right? That's the goal. Um, but, and also nobody's perfect and we're all in human bodies and we all have insecurities. It's the truth. I have insecurities all the time. I do this work. I teach this work. I have insecurities daily. And it's because I'm in a human body with human experiences. And it's just about coming back into the process of healing. And that kind of, I I guess we, I can ask my question now that I, I remember you, you shared a post recently and I think it's called sisterhood wounding. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Can you, I really want to talk about that because I was like, I was reading your caption, like this is super interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about like what that term is? And then I probably have further questions. Yeah, I love this so much. Thank you for bringing this up also. Um, This is something that I've done a lot of healing work in myself um, and it touches home for me very deeply. And it's something that 
yeah, I just feel very passionate about bringing to light in the dance industry. So thank you. Um, yeah, so basically sisterhood wounding is when we don't feel safe to be vulnerable in the space with other women. And so entering into like a dance class, right? You enter in, you see all of the women around you and you instantly don't feel safe to be yourself, to be enough. You don't feel like you're enough. You don't feel safe to be vulnerable. Maybe you're feeling messy that day. Maybe you're feeling sad that day. Maybe something happened, but you feel like you have to put on a face. You feel like you have to show up perfectly in front of other women because it's the dance industry and society in general has created this reality where, you know, we, there's only limited spots for us women. And so we have to fight each other in order to get into that spot. And that's, is a reality. I'm holding quotations up right now. <laughs> you can't see me, but I am. Um, but it's not the truth of how we were created to be as humans. We we're created to be in connection. And so this is why it feels like such a war, such a struggle when we're in the presence of other women, because what we really truly desire at our core is to connect deeper with other women, to be teammates with other women, to be in communication and connection and support with other women. Yeah, this this is a hu- this is a huge issue in the dance industry because this is a, one of the sources of trauma that is created, right? When we when we desire that part but somebody else gets it and then we believe that we're not good enough. But the truth is is okay, maybe that part wasn't right for us, but the, and there's so many other parts in the world so many other parts but we've been taught that there's only one part and that that other woman identified dancer yet she got it and you didn't and so you must mean you're worthless but that's not true it's not true and when we can really heal the sisterhood wound we can really be in celebration of those women who get the parts and we can also believe in ourselves that there's parts for us as well and it goes hand in hand so the healing for this is is deep because <laughs> this wound is so deep. And this this I'd also say this wound is not just in the dance industry. It's like in society as general, in general, and it's been passed through our bodies from woman to woman. Um, and so this is like a deep generational trauma as well. So thinking back to the women who have been suppressed before us. Yeah, and and something that like struck me about that whole concept is just like how oftentimes like we perpetuate it, yeah. right? As women, we do things like maybe it's subconsciously or we just don't even realize it. Like I had a friend the other day who made like a comment when we were out at lunch. She was like, oh, I said I wanted to go to the beach sometime soon. And she's like, um, yeah, me too. But like not right now because I feel fat. And then later on, she said something about how she needs to do better because she's been like eating so bad lately. I'm mm-hmm. holding quotes now, <laughs> eating so bad lately, which like I don't think there's such thing as like bad foods or good foods. Um, I just thought it was interesting because like her calling herself like just using that terminology, it's like phrases like that around each other. Like it just makes me start to feel worse as a woman, too. Mm-hmm. It's like I have the same body as her mm-hmm. and we like all participate in this stuff without even knowing it. Yeah. And what it really is, is a defense mechanism, right? A survival mechanism. Yeah. Um, because if we look back into ancient times, like later, later going down the generations, that's how we had to survive. 
was showing up as the perfect woman. And, you know, some of us weren't the perfect woman that fit into society's standards, right? And so there's trauma around that. And then some of us forced ourselves to show up as the perfect woman, right? There's different, um, there's different experiences for everybody, but there's trauma in all of that. Um, and that has been passed down to us. So what really happens when your friend, you know, shows up and says those things is she's really just acting from a survival pattern because she feels scared of not being enough. Because right? mm-hmm. what if, what if you're not enough? What happens if you're not enough? Are you not going to be accepted? Are you not going to be loved? Right? Are you not going to be included in spaces? And that's a deep fear. Right? That's these are core needs that we're talking about. Like it's a core need to be accepted. It's something that we are supposed to be giving ourselves. Like we are created to give that to ourselves, accept ourselves, right? But we don't, so we search externally for it. But those are core needs, which is why this again runs so deep and why it shows up in so many different ways. Yeah, I think that's probably like for me, like I said, when I got injured um, and I had my little identity crisis, after a little while, I, I think one thing I definitely noticed was that I stopped caring as much about what I looked like. Like I wasn't like purposely like I'm just going to let myself go because I'm injured. But it was just like I realized so much of the reasons why I cared so much about what I looked like is because I wanted to, you know, like fit in with the other dancers on my team. I wanted to look the same. I wanted to feel accepted. And especially after being injured and then like especially with COVID, like being at home for so long, it started to make me realize like I never – because I, I did struggle for like a long time with always wanting to like look a certain way. But then once all this happened, I was like, I was never trying to look a certain way for me. I was doing it to be accepted by other people because like I, I'm totally fine with the way I look either way. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that was like very eye opening experience. And now for me, it's like sometimes it trickles back in because like I make YouTube videos, I post things online and I have to look at myself mm-hmm. again. And I'm always thinking like, I think this looks fine, but do I really have like a dancer body that people are going to want to follow and like look at? And so it's, it's very interesting when you realize those things that like sometimes the core of it's not even you, it's just what you're yeah. imagining other people to think That's of That's such a good point. Yeah. I noticed that a lot myself as well is the thoughts and the stories that I carry aren't actually mine. Cause when I dig into like mm-hmm. what's mine, is like I desire to feel enough and I desire to just like be good in my body um and so like the the thoughts of not being a good enough and like the fear is usually not even mine it's usually um other people's fear that's been passed down um so that's such a good point and also to be vulnerable um because I'm posting on social media all of the time, videos and pictures of myself, I feel the same way. Because uh, you're constantly looking at yourself. It's like, you you know, it's the same as like walking into a studio. There's all of these mirrors. Social media is the same thing. Um, and what's beautiful about that is it gets to be a mirror of how we view ourselves or how we're, what our relationship is to ourselves right now and like what parts of us need love. And so when those parts come up, hmm for me too. Um, it's, it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It doesn't mean your relationship with yourself is screwed up or anything. It just means that there's more parts of you that need love and care and acceptance, um, and to be seen and loved. I really like that. Yeah. And then there's also, of course, like the part of me that wants to just post me as I look and like not worry about 
trying to like get the best angle and look like a dancer, quote unquote, um, just because then when you do that, it kind of frees up other people to like be inspired and also do that and feel comfortable in their own bodies. And that's like above all, like I would never want to put a version of myself out on the internet that's like not reality because I want to make sure everyone knows like you can be a dancer. It doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what you look like, like what your body looks like, just this is how it is. It's about moving and being free mm-hmm. and enjoying it, not looking a certain yeah. way. Yeah, I love, um, I feel like this is this topic is coming up a lot about, um, how did you word it? Like being, fitting into like the dancer look, you know? Uh-huh. You know, like fitting into the dancer look, yeah. like uh, do I look like a dancer now? <laughs> That came up so, it still comes up for me, but that came up so much for me before and like right after I had my son. So like pretty much all of my training years of being a dancer, that was like constantly on my mind. And if I were to be honest, it was even on my mind at like 10 years old, which is really, that's really sad. Like, and I think that's many of us have that so young. It's like, do I look like a dancer now? Like rocking around town, like in a crop top. Like, does my body look like, are people going to know I'm a dancer? <laughs> like, yeah. are they going to see all my hard work that I put in? <laughs> and it's like, that's when we start learning to use our bodies to receive love. You know, that's, that's what I learned at least is like, oh, I could use, I can use my body to receive love. I can use my body to get attention. But like the trick to that mm-hmm. is our bodies are never enough or we think our bodies are never enough. And so it's like this rat race of like, oh, I can use my body for attention and to get what I want, but also like it's still never enough. So I have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think that's like the dancer image, but there doesn't have to be a dancer image. Like there doesn't have to be like, what is a dancer? Why did we create that? Like, exactly. I mean, exactly. that's it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> We that's a whole nother <laughs> subject. Pre- yeah. Um and I I think you said it, like it's like dance is art and just like coming back to the art the the gift that has been given to me or back to me, um, with healing my relationship to my body and like going on this this journey has been dance is now art for me. It's like a spiritual journey for me. Um and it's not about proving myself anymore. I do have moments, <laughs> but for the most part, it's not about proving myself anymore. It's about um, being connected to myself and my body. And that is the most valuable thing you could ever give the world. If you're performing, that's the most valuable thing you could ever give the world. Yeah. And I mean, like, whether we realize it or not, our relationship with our body like affects so much of our lives and like how we behave in society like you were just saying like you can you you realize like you might be able to use it to get attention get love whatever um and I just think like you you just really have to be careful because if you don't realize that then like certain like here's an example um people someone might like hold them back from auditioning for something because they think they don't have the right body type or um or even like trying new opportunities different dance styles because they don't feel like they're the right fit for it and I think when you realize that it's not about that like you can you should try anything and everything that you can no matter what you look like then like it kind of opens up a lot more doors from you for you Mm -hmm. 
and doing the opposite obviously like just like keeps you so closed off from the world it does it puts barriers around you like it hardens you really it hardens you really and this is something I've been really diving into lately is just like the hardening that happens with um with putting myself in that box it was like I had this protective layer over me all the all of the time but like as I've been doing this work it feels like it's softening and opening and feels like I can do more of just like what I want to do, what I that is try a new style or um, be spontaneous and like try something new as a dancer, as a human. Um, so I think that's such a good point. There's a topic that like, I don't even know how to really like bring it up. And I don't know if you have experience talking about this, or maybe it could just be like food for thought for the both of us. Mm-hmm. But something I've thought about lately is, because obviously like, there are two sides to dance. Like we are artists, but then especially if you're going to be doing it professionally, like you are an athlete, Mm -hmm. you have to eat nutritious foods. You have to be training to like sustain yourself to be able to do the things you need to do if that's your job, especially. Or even if you're like pre-professional growing up, like you feel like that's a one big thing that I always preach is like dancers need to treat themselves as athletes, not just like you can just eat nothing and you'll be fine. But um, there is like certain cases where it's, in your best interest, like for health reasons that maybe you want to lose a bit of body fat just because maybe it'll help improve your stamina. You'll be able to do different things, whatever. I can't argue against that. Like as much as I want to like preach body acceptance for everyone, there are certain cases where like, especially like if your doctor tells you like that's number one Mm -hmm. case where you might want to do something like that. So I guess the thing that's been on my mind is like, how do you go about Know it like loving your body for what it is, but then also wanting to change it. Mm, I love this. Um, why do you want to change it? That's the question. Why do you want to change it? Mm-hmm. So, what is the intention behind changing it? Because I feel like change is such a harsh word. Can we use like a different word? Can we use like, I want to like shift my body into a different, I'm, I'm woo woo, okay? <laughs> do you want to shift your body into it. a different reality? You know, like, do you, is the body that you're in now going to support you in the reality that you desire? And so you could do that in two different ways, right? You could do that in a force way. Like my body is not enough. I have to exercise. I have to push myself. Like it's never going to be enough. Um, You could do it from that energy, which is never going to get you into the place that you actually desire. Maybe it'll get you to the weight that you desire, but it's not going to be sustainable you are going to constantly be angry at yourself, probably, right? You are going to be still at war with your body and not fulfilled and probably not have enough energy to actually pursue what you want to pursue, Mm -hmm. right? Or you could do it from a supportive space. My intention here is to, is this goal, right? My intention here is this goal. I'm not, I'm not talking about like a body weight goal. My intention here is to be able to do this athletic thing, okay? Um, and okay, so in order to do this athletic thing, what, how does my body want to support me in that? Right. Cause your body is here to support you. And that's what dancers so many times, like we miss, we don't get, we, we don't learn is our body, our, my, our bodies are here to support us. They're not here to slow us down. We don't have to go to war with our bodies, right? They're not, there's nothing wrong with our bodies. They're here to support us 
And if we actually start listening to them and honoring them and hearing them and meeting them emotionally, right, that going into the underlying issue of like, wow, there's not a lot of enoughness here. So how can I like deal with those emotions first? And how can I nourish my emotional system first? You're going to be coming at that goal with such a different energy. You're going to be nourishing your body in such a different way. And you're going to be listening to your body and you're going to learn that your body is actually there to support you. You're going to be able to trust your body more. And so I think it's really the, the difference between trusting your body and not trusting your body, right? And so I know like mm-hmm. before I, I started this work, I was not trusting my body at all. So that looked, even when I was tired and I needed rest and I really just needed to eat, <laughs> right? I wouldn't, I would exercise. I would wake up super early and get like a before workout in. I would stay late at the studio. Like I would push myself. I would not listen to my body. And that didn't do anything good for me. That just put me in more of a war with my body and I still didn't feel enough and I still wasn't doing the things that I wanted to do. But when we can actually feel our bodies and fueling means from the inside out, from the emotional system out into the physical plane, right? Into your physical body, then we, we have enough energy and enough nourishment to sustain what we truly desire. And the other question is, is like, why do you desire that change? We have to, as dancers, we have to begin to, we really have to begin to start getting real with ourselves. Like, are we desiring this because somebody else wants it or somebody else is doing it? Are we desiring it because somebody else has that body and you have a different body? Are you desiring to do that turn or that whatever because somebody else can do it? Or do you truly desire to try it and do it? So like really getting clear on your intention. Um, and that's sometimes a stab in the gut because it's like, no, I do, I do desire it. But a lot of the time it's our ego saying like, you got to do it. You got to do it. Um, and that's not to say that we don't get to work out. We don't get a strengthen. We don't get to take class. We do get to do those things because we are dancers and this is a part of what we love to do, but we get to do it from a different place of acceptance and just like choosing your relationship with your body first. Yeah. Well, you talked about earlier with like constantly as dancers, like feeling you shouldn't feel at war with your body. It just makes me think like it's it's so like glamorized in dance, though, like especially in things like ballet. I feel like we see like these videos and like these people like talking about how, oh, my gosh, I trained for this many hours. I only had like a one hour break this whole week. And and they just make it seem like that's what you have to do to be a dancer. And like, if you're a real dancer, this is what you do. Like you work this hard, you push past your limits, whatever they like, this language is just like all around us. And then especially with social media, um, I think it skews our view of what we really want because we see these people doing all this other stuff. And sometimes like I fall into the habit too. Like if I'm, I'm just going about my day doing my normal stuff and then I see someone posted something about like some dish they made or some place they went to. And suddenly I'm like, oh, dang, I feel like I should cook that or I should be doing more fancy things in the kitchen. I should be going to more places like they are. Like we are constantly comparing ourselves, not just in the studio, but like online too. So it's really hard to pull yourself away from that. And so do you have any like tips for keeping yourself more grounded and, and like 
finding out what it is you truly want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Connect to your center, which is there, there's work behind that, right? Because sometimes our center and our ability to have discernment over our own body and what we actually truly like actually want is distorted from all of the years that we've been not listening to ourselves, which isn't when I say that, And also when I said that we should not be at war with our bodies, I want to be clear that it's okay if you are. (laughs) It's okay if you're in this place because that just means that you've been in survival mode. Like your body has been and your mind have just been trying to protect you because they're scared of not being enough. So you're in survival mode and that's 100% okay. But what we get to do is we get to create awareness around, wow, I'm really not listening to myself. And the way that we can do it is recognizing what it feels like for you now. So does it feel, what does it feel like for you now? Does it feel chaotic? Usually when we are not listening to ourselves and we're listening to other voices, it feels chaotic. It feels like a bunch of static noise. Um, It feels like you don't know what to do first. It feels like there's a million things on your to-do list, million things that you have to do in order to get what you want. But when you actually are in the um, essence of listening to yourself, it's clear and there's no noise and it's just your inner voice speaking to you. And so in order to get into that place, um, I would say it's there's work behind it and that work is individual, but really it's it's practice. It's just practicing listening to yourself. And so how can we make this tangible? Right? How can we just start listening to our bodies and our emotions and our inner knowings? Just the most doable amount, just, just a little bit. Okay, so maybe that means you recognize that you're tired. Okay, I'm going to really try to listen to myself right now and I'm going to go rest. Yeah, maybe that means on an emotional level, wow, I'm feeling really um, anxious. Yeah, so I'm going to go take care of myself. I'm going to go really pay attention to this anxious part of me, really meet my needs. Yeah. So it's on the most, how can we do this? Start doing this on the most doable level, listening to our bodies and ourselves on the most doable level. And as you do that, your body is going to start trusting you and you are going to start trusting your body. There's going to be this relationship that starts to kind of awaken inside of you um, and your answers and Um, what you actually want is going to start getting clearer and you're going to start actually trusting that. So it starts with like the little most doable steps. So how can I, how can I just like meet the smallest need right now? And usually a lot of the time we're not doing that as dancers. (laughs) We're skipping over that. (laughs) So it takes courage. I will say that it takes courage because it's against the norm. Um, But I will also say that I've talked to many professional dancers who have made it to quote unquote the end of their career and they've gotten to the highest place and they still did not feel fulfilled or worthy or enough and so they quit because they were still chasing and that's not what they actually wanted. What they actually wanted was a relationship with their body and a sustainable dance career and so what do you truly desire? Do you, do, you, do you desire to be on that rat race or do you desire to have a relationship with your body and yourself and to have a sustainable career and to really choose 
freedom and choose fulfillment over it. Isn't that why we're dancers? To be fulfilled, like to feel mm-hmm. fulfilled. Like, isn't that why we got started doing this? Because it fulfills us. Like, how did we get exactly. so far from that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm always trying to remind people is like, you should be doing this because you enjoy it and it brings something of value to your life, not forcing yourself into it because you think one day you're going to hit some certain point where you're going to be happy. Like it's about enjoying it through all of these years that you continue dancing, not just yeah pushing and pushing and pushing until you magically one day get to that point. Cause guess what? That point is probably not going to happen if that's the way you're treating yeah. it. Yeah. And that like, that doesn't mean there's not going to be pain ever. Like there's going to be pain mm-hmm. and there's going to be growth, right? Cause growth comes with pain, just like holding your leg up. Uh, you feel the pain of like holding your leg up, but then you get stronger and you can hold it higher. Right. So there's going to be pain, emotional, physical, spiritual, there's going to be pain because you're moving through stuff. Um, and it's not always going to be easy, but fulfillment, right? There, there, what I'm trying to say is there can be juiciness and there can be aliveness and fulfillment within the pain as well. When you have a relationship mm-hmm. with your body and yourself and you're constantly coming back to how can I nourish and take care of myself emotionally, physically, spiritually, right? We, the pain, the stuff that we move through is different because we're no longer at war with ourselves in the pain. We're now listening and nourishing and healing it. And so it's almost like, wow, I get to feel all of these different things. Life becomes juicy and alive and fulfilling. The journey becomes juicy and alive and fulfilling, right? Versus the destination where like, we like glorify the destination, Mm -hmm. like, um, having a relationship with your body really glorifies the journey, even in the pain. And I appreciate what you said, said about like, you can sometimes you have to start small, you have to start with these little things, like just acknowledging times when you might need to rest or when you need to take care of your anxious feelings, whatever, because I think it can feel quite daunting, especially something like if you're struggling with body image issues, like it's not like you're just going to wake up one day and all of it's going to be gone. Like there's something you have to do some transformative process and then it's going to happen. It's like taking those small little steps every day and finding those moments of clarity and like being in touch with yourself, knowing what it is you should be doing. I think once you start, it kind of compounds too. When you just take those little actions, Mm -hmm. it eventually just becomes who you are. Totally. The longer I've been on this journey, I've started to realize that uh, body acceptance and like being in a relationship with your body is so freaking simple. Like it's so simple, really (laughs) profound (laughs) because there's a lot of healing that gets to happen in order to um, really come into that place. But it is really simple because it's just what you said. It's just um, listening to yourself in the most doable amount in the moment that you have. And that's really it. I used to make it like this big thing of like, oh, it should feel like, it should feel like perfect. I should feel like perfect all the time. I should feel like acceptance all of the time, right? But it's not that. Body acceptance is not that. It's okay, I'm feeling, I'm not accepting my body right now. I'm feeling at war with my body, feeling shame. Okay, so how can I do how can I feel the most doable amount how can I do the most doable thing in order to take care of and listen to myself right now and that's it 
that's it. Listening to yourself, listening to the part of you, like intention and presence. Presence is like the medicine, <laughs> like presence. How yeah. can you be present with every part of you that starts to come up? That's it. I love that. Okay. I don't want to hold you forever. Sarah, um, why don't we go ahead and let us know where everyone can find you? Yeah. Online. Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Taylor underscore Behringer. Um, and then my website is taylorberinger.com. Um, and I will say this, I'll give you a little hint. I haven't told anybody this, but I'll tell mm. you this. Um, I am starting a YouTube channel coming up here, Yay, hopefully so launching next month in June. Um, but yeah, the, the date is, <laughs> is uh, still kind of up in the air, but this YouTube channel is going to be really focused on um, meditations, breathwork sessions, um, and really just like some supportive guidance, guided journeys to guide you into a safer relationship with your body. Um, I looked on YouTube and I was just like looking up all of the dieting, like all of, all of the support that was on YouTube, but it wasn't really supportive. It was like, oh, what I eat in a day. And it's like, oh, then we all compare ourselves to the dancers posting like what I eat in a day videos. And like, that's all that's there. So I hope that this brings more peace into YouTube. Um, But anyways, yeah, so that's going to be coming up. You can find me on Instagram. I'm there every single day, except for the weekends, take those weekends off. Um, And I actually am doing a virtual workshop um this coming saturday i'm not exactly sure when you're posting this but you're gonna have the date in the show notes so um yeah upcoming workshop it's going to be a breathwork and somatic healing workshop for female identified dancers um around body image and healing your relationship with your body we're actually going to be doing a lot of touching on sisterhood wounding as well so we talked about that today so i definitely like want to add that in there um so we will be doing that as well and that's it awesome i'm really excited for your youtube i'm always like yes like people keep make your youtube channels it's like definitely worth it (laughs) and like you're saying like there's such a need for what you're providing i think it's gonna be really good yeah i hope it calls um more support into the space as well because i don't want to be the only one doing it like this like this needs to be the new reality like body acceptance yeah. needs to be the new reality but we're slowly and surely coming into that place <laughs> thank y'all so much for joining us on today's episode i really hope you enjoyed it and please make sure to check out the links in the show notes below for all of taylor's information including where you can find her on social media and more info about the workshop she's hosting if you're listening to this around the date that i post it I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I hope to have you back for next week's episode. Bye!